Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we have a bonus episode. You know what, Gabe? You want to do the intro? You're excited about this. Welcome to... No, wait. That's the wrong type of intro. This is a bonus episode. There's been a lot of tech released this week in case you haven't been paying attention. And we just couldn't go another week without checking in with y'all and giving you an update on what's happening in the tech world because that's that's what we do. We look at the news articles. We spend way too long researching which sensors are being used in which drones and which software works on which camera and all this stuff. And we decided, hey, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with tech. This isn't going to be a normal episode. There's no quick news. There's no Stetson uh, calling my voicemail and leaving way too long rambling messages. This is just all news. So strap in. Uh, get this isn't a test, right? No, it's they, not don't, a they don't need they don't need a study for it. So no, just relax, but be strapped in because, uh, or maybe maybe chuck your credit card in the freezer because there's gonna be a lot of tech <laughs> that you're gonna possibly want to order. Yeah, put that account on hold. So the main topic is the DJI Air 2S. Gabe has been super excited about this drone. It's a huge announcement from DJI. As all, not, not well, not a huge announcement. A huge announcement would be the Mavic. 3 Pro or whatever the Pro 3 whatever they're going to call it uh that would be a huge announcement or the Inspire 3 This is this is a big announcement not huge though all right okay. just want to rephrase Okay that. so it's a big okay. announcement that's going to be the meat and potatoes of this discussion then of course we have news from Canon, Rode, Sony, Samsung, Microsoft and Spotify it's going to be awesome So Gabe let's dive in DJI Air 2S uh what is this what's new what does the does the audience need to know about it? Right off the bat, the biggest new feature is it's no longer a Mavic. So, <gasps> what? Game? Yeah. What yeah, do you right? mean? They got rid of it. What a surprise. No one saw this coming. They're hacking away at their naming scheme. It's now called the Air 2S. And there is a lot of stuff that's new, though. Even though the name is basically the same, except for a little S added on the front. I don't know. What do you think the S stands for? Like Super good. Super good. Superior. Yeah. Second. I don't know. Either way, it's better than the, the Air Mavic. Air 2 second? <laughs> Air 2. All right. Yeah, that doesn't make that much sense. You're on the mark with that. But what is new with this drone is it does have a one-inch sensor, but it's not the same sensor as the Mavic 2 Pro. We did some research. Extensive um, research. Extensive research. We're not quite sure which sensor uh, the Mavic 2 Pro is using, but it's one that has been incorporated in a camera and lens combo. Uh, that's made by Hasselblad. This one isn't using any Hasselblad patented or designed just stuff. Just brand, like they didn't put the brand yeah, on it. Yeah, they didn't even put the brand on it. So it's just DJI completely. It's a fixed aperture, but it does have adjustable focus, which is great. And the one-inch sensor is still a good thing because it enables better low-light shooting. And because it's a 20-megapixel sensor, you can actually do 5.4K video. And the big news for Autel is that this is the same sensor in their $500 more expensive Autel Evo 2 Pro. Yeah, so DJI just took Autel's best drone sensor and arguably all the same like flight capabilities, packed it in the DJI Air 2S. And how much is this thing selling for? This is starting at $999 for the just standalone drone, one battery and controller. But if you want to go with the Fly More combo, which is really the way to go, it's going to cost you actually $1,300, so a $300 price jump. And then with the uh, DJI Care Refresh, that's actually $170. So you're actually, all in all, you're looking at about $1,470. Oof. 
all is said and done. But still, that's substantially cheaper than the Autel Evo 2 Pro kit, which I think is around 1750 1800 something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So this is an incredible value for drone enthusiasts, anyone sort of in that prosumer drone market. I think you could even use this for commercial work. I, this is going to be awesome. It's definitely more viable to use for commercial work than the Mavic Air 2, which you can still, that one is perfectly fine using for commercial work as well. The level of you know consumer drones has come up so far in the past two years really that they are becoming more prosumer at you know prices under a thousand dollars and you know the big thing obviously with this one is that sensor but there is some other things which is really great 12 kilometer uh, video transmission this is a new OcuSync 3.0 it's using four antennas which is different than the Mavic Air 2 and you also are getting though the ADS-B receiver um, sensor that you had in the Mavic Air 2. Uh, but this isn't limited to just North America. So that's a big thing for any of our listeners out there around the world. Uh, it used to just be the North American version was the only one which had the ADSB receiver. Now every country can have it. Basically what this is, Stetson, do you know what it is? Uh, I did research, yeah, but... Yeah, I've actually used it because I have the Mavic Air 2. And what it, it's really cool. Uh, you'll be flying your drone and all of a sudden a little like kind of orange light will come up around the map and a picture or like an icon of a plane and basically what it lets you know is that there's a plane flying within 12 miles of you or i think maybe 15 miles i don't know there's some range of it and it lets you know hey just heads up be aware and while you shouldn't ever have any issues because you should always be flying below 400 feet and planes should always be above 400 feet it still is a nice thing to know there was one time i was flying like off the top of a mountain so i was only 400 feet above ground level but I knew that there's probably some planes that could sometimes fly closer to the mountain thinking, you know, or not thinking there's any drones or any issues or cables up there, right? And so I got a little warning that it was a plane and I did see it, but it was just a nice heads up. Hey, there's a plane there, but I could see this also being helpful if you're in a city, right? Where it's super loud, you can't hear that well, uh, and where helicopters fly really low sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this is this is a great update for DJI. Uh, let's talk maybe quick photo, quick video, and... Uh, you already started to mention some of the intelligent flight modes, but let's get into that. So, photo, what are we looking at here? 20 megapixels, yep. um, standard kind of photography modes there? Like, Yeah, I mean, 20 megapixels is pretty, that's what you'd expect. You're getting all the other things that DJI includes with their drones, the hyperlapse, you're getting the 180, panos, sphere mode. Uh, I would like to see them include an upward camera that could make the sphere a little better they did include upward sensors with this drone so when you're flying forward at an angle those sensors are actually pointed forward and it also protects you from the drone flying up and hitting stuff so kind of cool there but i'd actually like to see an actual dedicated camera on top of the drone so when you did that sphere it would have a you know have sky have a sky and not just a blurred mess yeah (laughs) but that that's a different story you also did as i see see 5.4k video 4K 60 FPS, that's like the Mavic Air 2, and then you get 1080p 120 FPS, also like the Mavic Air 2, but the big thing is that it has 10-bit color, uh, which is actually true HDR, unlike the Mavic Air 2, which had fake HDR, basically just using that quad bayer sensor to get three exposures or two exposures of every frame, combine it together and do an HDR photo for each frame like you'd get with the iPhone or something like that. Right, right. So yeah, it sounds like this is a, a step up from the Air 2, and it's providing better color, great video capabilities and performance, especially like 5.4K resolution is amazing for a drone coming in at $1,000. 
I remember when the original Mavic Pro launched for $1,000 and just doing 4K 30 was impressive. So uh, this is really nice to see. One thing I've noticed uh, from people's blogs and articles about it is that DJI crops in pretty significantly if you are shooting at 4K 60 frames per second, really anything over 4K 30. Yep. Um, and you also lose some of the intelligent flight mode capabilities at 4K 60 and at 5.4K. Yeah, this is the big thing uh, that I was reading too, is that because of the processing power it takes to do 5.4K video and 4K 60, 4K 48, and some of those other uh, higher frame rate videos or higher resolution, you know, the ones on that, the ones that are the ones that they're marketing as really cool. When you're recording in those modes, you actually lose the ability to have a lot of those. Uh, it's eight, what's the APSA? Advanced A-pass. Pilot Assistance System. So that's the obstacle avoidance, basically. And you also lose like some of the tracking features as well, which is really annoying. And I've always been find, found this such a weird thing because when you want it to track you or track something, especially with the this is the same with the Pocket Two. Like the, most of the time, when you want it to track something, is also when you would want a high frame rate, right? Like you're tracking someone doing some cool flip or something, or tracking someone in a car driving really fast. Like you want to be able to have uh, tracking features then, and also slow mo, but it doesn't work and it's oh it's just so infuriating but hey it is what it is uh you can buy this drone now it's available shipping uh it's available through best buy bnh dji standard things probably target and other retailers as well soon and yeah i'm i'm very excited for it i'll be getting it uh but i know a lot of friends who have the mavic 2 pro who are a bit disappointed because they're still waiting for that follow-up and with this release i'm saying that we won't see a mavic 2 or 3 Pro, sorry, until next year, 2022. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Um, I could be wrong. I, I would gl- I would love to be wrong, but I just think that they're putting this out there as a way to satisfy anyone who really just cannot wait for a new drone and is like, I need the new drone. But also, uh, yeah, as and they're still going to, you know, it's in the works, but it's going to take a little while, especially would, with, yeah, the semiconductor shortage that's going on i would say the only real reason to consider upgrading or side grading or adding this to your kit is really for the new intelligent flight modes that's there's there's two reasons i think actually okay okay so flight modes yes i think honestly all the intelligent i thought they were they so they added master shots here which are different i still think that they're all gimmicky okay no offense but really any of those i'm i mean they're cool but it's like I the Skydio 2 is really the only one who's done smart shots right because you don't have to worry about the drone hitting shit. Like, excuse my language, but that's what if I'm just so uh, like tense whenever I use those modes, right? Because it's like, oh, let me just send this thousand uh, dollar drone on its own path. Well, I disagree. I mean, with the new master shot, right? With um, like point of interest 3.0, you tap, you get your subject centered. And my understanding is you can actually just fly around and be able to move the yeah, sticks. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what spotlight and all those stuff is, and they've they've had that before too. But I, it's still like actually I disagree. I think this is the first time we're seeing that. No, they had spotlight before. Really? Yeah, yeah. They've had that in Mavic Air two and the Mavic two Pro. Um, they didn't have it in the Mini two because that doesn't get any of the active track stuff. So there is some improvements here in the intelligence flight stuff. But I and I you know hey once I try it I might be you know changed. But I think for the time being, it's really like it's very gimmicky. It is cool for like, all right, I'm in a wide open space. There's nothing the drone can hit. You know, I'm on the peak of a mountain. I'm on a pier, someplace where there aren't trees and power lines. All right, then you can send it. Then you can just let it do its thing and not worry about it hitting stuff. But 
when you're driving on, you know, in a car or other stuff and you're moving through environments where there's different things of different heights, yikes, I, I get worried about well, it. I, I think like the big one for me, I think it, maybe it is spotlight or maybe it's another one, but it'll basically freeze up. Like you would want two people, one to man the camera, one yeah. to man the drone. And by using one of these smart, intelligent master shots, you can essentially. Well, okay. So master shots is different. It's different than the focus. master shots. Is it you press a button and it does like eight shots or something? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Eight that's different types of shots and it makes a short little video. So focus track is what you're talking about. That includes Spotlight 2.0, Active Track 4.0, and Point of Interest 3.0. Yeah. So that's well. My point is that it yes. it takes away the guesswork of the camera movement and that will lock onto your subject and actually free up more of your energy and awareness to flying the drone and maintaining that spatial awareness, flying around yeah, obstacles and things like that. That's true. I, I have used that a couple of times, but again, because you can't use it in the higher frame rates. Yeah, it's it, like a little bit yeah, less I was, useful. I was filming a friend on a motorcycle, like for my Mavic Air 2 video back last summer. And I was like, oh, great. I can just line this up. I can just use the spotlight or active track and just let the drone do it. I can make sure I'm not hitting any power lines and it'll keep her in frame. And then I was like, oh, wait, but I can't record 4K60 with that. So, yeah. so hit or miss. So I guess, yeah. yeah, you're right. The master shots then, which is the automated flight yeah. sequence, yeah, that's more risky. But anyways, with- yeah, getting back, the main thing that prompted this whole thing was what are the reasons to side grade to this from the Mavic 2 Pro or to upgrade? Well, no, that's the main thing. It's a clear upgrade to, from the Mavic Air 2 for the one-inch sensor and the forward sensors as well as the increased range with OcuSync 3.0, but... From the Mavic 2 Pro, it's a little it's a little more blurry what the reason to switch to this is. I say the biggest one is the slightly higher resolution, right? 5.4K gives you a little bit ability to punch in. You are losing that adjustable aperture, though. Uh, the Honestly, the big reason is the controller. It's an upgraded new controller completely from what you have with the Mavic 2 Pro. And the fact that it can still be possibly supported by DJI Care Refresh. So if you crash your drone... You can actually get a new one. Yeah. If you bought your Mavic 2 Pro um, like I did when it first came out or within the first year it came out, you're already past the end of the DJI Care Refresh expiration. So I'm out there flying. Like if I crash, I'm going to have to pay 100% uh, for my repair. Right, right. And I noticed they offer a two-year DJI Care Refresh option now. Yeah, I think that's DJI Care Refresh and the plus or something i don't know they call it something different but basically it's like 169 dollars versus i think 79 dollars or 89 dollars for one year i just went with the two year it's a great deal uh I've, you know some people have had some issues with dji care refresh because they crashed the drone when like you know certain weird situations or they couldn't get it but now they have flyaway coverage too so if it does fly away for some reason you can't recover it they'll you know give you a new drone it's maybe not the end all drone insurance solution but it is very good for what it is and so yeah those are really the, the three reasons is that the higher resolution video the better range new controller and that uh fact that you can have a dji care refresh with it so sure, sure. yeah, yeah there's actually three dji care refresh oh, options geez. yes <laughs> get this get this okay dji care refresh plus yeah dji that's, that's the two year nope nope no? okay nope. that's a that's just care refresh plus okay then there's care refresh one year okay and then there's care refresh two year so what's plus i have absolutely no idea it's eight it's the cheapest option but um let's see if we can get extends your coverage it looks like it looks very similar to the one year option but um there you go huh 
Well, that is it for the DJI Mavic. Are you are Air you upgrading? Are you side grading? Like what? I don't know. I have like, I have both s- the Mavic Air two and the Mavic two Pro. So this feels more like a side, an upgrade from the Air two and a side grade from the two Pro. Which ones would you sell? I I would probably. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I still would have to keep the Mavic two Pro because of the fact that the image quality. I don't know. I'm gonna do some testing, but I think it's still probably gonna be superior. But I might, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna sell my Mavic Air. That is gone. <laughs> Goodbye. I no longer like. I don't know why I still have that. And I'm definitely selling the Spark. Like I should get rid of a lot of my drones. I have a problem. That's for a different podcast. But I think the Mavic Air. Like if you had, if I have two of them, right? Since I do have two of them, the Mavic Air would be the one I'd be more likely to, that this drone can replace versus the Mavic Two Pro, which it feels like more a companion. Yeah, like yeah, side by side. Yeah, I think it's a little tough. I mean, I think you're probably right about the image quality. I don't think the extra resolution is going to make that much of a noticeable difference. I mean, we kind of have to wait for the test to come out to to really see that. Yeah. But something I like about the Mavic 2 Pro is it has the sideways facing obstacle avoidance sensors, which can help a little bit if you are doing a point of interest or uh, some of those moves. Yeah, no, that is true. This one has a little bit more sideways. you know avoidance from the fact that it has a wider field of view on the front like it can kind of do a little sensing and it has active track or or active avoidance or whatever apsa as sorry uh a pass a pass 4.0 but really still it's just they say four direction which is very confusing marketing because you think oh four direction that's forward back and then the sides all right no it's forward back up down yeah and so it is better than the mavic air 2 but overall this is kind of yeah uh, more of a sidestep and a DJI kind of just appeasing their customer base. But let's move on to the other new stuff because this wasn't the only new thing. There's been new stuff pouring out all week. Let's start with the stuff we actually saw. Uh, the you know the devices actually came out. We had Sony who makes the sensor. So we talked about you know the IMX 383 and I think the 183 which is in the two Pro. Uh, they actually dropped some phones which I'm I'm really hesitant to even talk about. Gabe's hesitant. I think these are, they're nice looking phones. The problem is that no one really buys Sony phones. They are, of course, the Sony Xperia 1 3, so the Mark 3. Okay. And the Sony Xperia 5 Mark 3. Wow. So the 1 3 and the 5 3. Yep. So the two new phones are the 1 3 5 3. That's correct. That is confusing. Well, for one, I would like anyone who has any Sony phone to reach out to us and just let us know because I personally have not encountered someone in the wild that has a Sony phone. But yeah, what do these new phones have and why might that one user that or listener that we have listening to this want to upgrade from their existing Sony phone? These are pretty exciting phones. So the Xperia 1 Mark III has a 6.5 inch 4K HDR 120 hertz OLED display. It's got wow. a triple camera setup. And it's actually got one of the first telephoto zoom lenses on a camera. Of course, you have your 16 millimeter, 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. You have your 24 megapixel, 12 megapixel, or 24 millimeter, 12 megapixel main shooter. And then you have a 70 to 105 millimeter, 12 megapixel variable telephoto lens. So this is a really cool innovation in the smartphone landscape that can potentially help improve the quality of our zoomed in now images. do you know is that 70 and 105 or is it all 
inclusive of every every range. Oh, that's a that's a great question. I honestly don't know if it like will just jump. Between I have them. a feeling it might just jump in between yeah, them. Yeah, you might be right. But it is using a periscope periscope zoom. Sorry, periscope. A periscope. Yeah, it's the periscope zoom, basically where it you know bends the light around the camera lens using some mirrors and is able to make the lens longer while not actually sticking out of the camera. Uh, this the interesting thing. Sony still like Apple sticking with those 12 megapixel. Uh, sensors on all the back cameras, though it actually oddly only has an eight megapixel selfie camera. Yeah, and I know. Well, so little Samsung little, is a little side note: we did have rumors that the iPhone uh, 13 might have a 48 megapixel sensor. Yeah, for the rear. So that's I, I personally don't want that. Go don't go to 48. Go to 24, something like that, more sure, reasonable. But sure. anyways, back to the Sony cameras. What else is there to note about these? Yeah, so the Sony smartphones. Actually, I mean they are cameras. They are. Ca- I don't. I don't. I see Sony's phones as cameras. <laughs> they are cameras. Uh, you're also getting a 4,500 milliamp hour battery with a 30 watt charger that is included. And you're not going to believe this, Gabe. Okay. A three and a half millimeter headphone oh, jack. Oh, snap. It's still there. It's still there. Wow. It's still kicking I around. I can plug in those. I do actually have a lot of headphones still that have uh, 3.5 millimeter jacks. So that is pretty cool. Yeah, and this is the flagship one, the the 1.3. The 5.3 basically has all the same specs except for, I think, loses the 4K HDR screen. It's a little, you know, doesn't have the time-of-flight sensor and I think only has uh, 8 gigabytes of RAM maybe and 128 gigabytes of storage, something like that. Yeah, it's a 1080p display, so actually yeah. a pretty big step down. Yeah, basically just drops all the specs a little bit, but still... You know, pretty impressive. What are the prices on these? Do we know them yet? Or is this one of those things that's so far out? You know, I did see, I think it was an August release date on B&H at least. Yeah, I think that's that's as much information as I'm seeing right now. Wonderful. Early, well, early I, I know that uh, the flagship Sony phones have been around like, you know, 1200 bucks or so. So we could see the 1.3 being up there and maybe the 5.3 drop into, I don't know, with a 1080p screen, I'm thinking it could be in the six $700 range possibly. Maybe more. I think for Sony, they're it's more, more premium, premium. So I think probably eight hundred. Yeah. And these do like, both have five G that works in the U.S. Though, right? That's yeah, a big thing for you. That was big. Five G works on all the networks with the latest Snapdragon eight eighty eight, right? Uh, yep. Unfortunately, Oop. they only work on sub six five G on Verizon and T Mobile, and they not actually mil- not millimeter wave. I think so. Wow. That's a bit of a miss, but yeah, these are exciting phones. I think we've already wasted far too much time talking about them for the amount of people that are using them, so let's move on to some other stuff. Samsung didn't actually release any new phones, uh, but they did. They do have an event coming up, not for phones. Uh, actually, is, it is for phones. Is it for phones, you think? Yeah. I thought this was for Galaxy uh, Book Pros. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What I do you was, think it's for? I think it was... For their folding phones. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is going to be coming up on April 28th. It's called, uh, they're very unoriginal. It's the Galaxy Unpacked. <laughs> they call them all Galaxy yeah, Unpacked. Yeah, we need a different way to differentiate them because you can't just call them the same name. And then they basically, I think, just use the, the month and the year. Like So it'll be That's like the, the, only a- the April 2021 Galaxy Unpacked. Oh, cool. The, and the, now they're becoming more frequent too since they're virtual and not huge events. So they just like, We'll just have one every day of the week <laughs> for every day of the year. I, I personally think that this is going to be the Galaxy Book Pros, but you're right. It could be the folding devices. I was really hoping for the folding. The, you Z think Fold the Z Fold. Z yeah. Flip. 
the little image they teased looks like it could be the Z uh, flip, flip, possibly, but it also you could see how it could be. Oh, 100 percent. Uh, Galaxy Book. Basically, it's a. It looks like a light casting a. It looks like a laptop. Hello. It looks like yeah, a laptop of some sort, but it could also be the Z Fold or Z Flip. Uh, we'll have to see. So tune into that for April 28th. We might do a bonus episode for that as well, but we'll have to see how no newsworthy that is. What other new th- things did we have announced? Ah, of course. Microsoft. Not to be outdone, uh, we don't talk about Microsoft laptops much, probably because we both use Mac products and are exclusively in the Mac ecosystem. But Microsoft, we don't want to leave you out. You did announce some new Surface laptops. This is notably the Surface Laptop 4. So basically, Surface is their whole line of computers. Well, just products in general, because they have the Surface headphones, right. right? Yeah. So now this is the Surface Laptop. So that distinguishes in that it's not like the fold or some of the ones that are more tablet based this is actually a laptop though it is a touchscreen though right that's correct yeah and this is the fourth one yep yeah okay. i so mean i think i broke it down and i it's understand pretty, it. pretty simple naming scheme i yeah. mean it's not like the surface book is i think more of the hybrid and then you have the surface book, book go, go which is the cheaper one exactly so smaller is, one all right i so. would say this is more equivalent to just like a macbook pro yeah and okay. what's uh notable about this um, well, it's got some a nice clean design, some spec improvements. You can get either an AMD version or you can get an Intel version, so options for That's both parties. And the AMD version actually starts at $300 less than the Intel equivalent. So I think it's going to be a good value starting basically at around $1,000 for the entry-level AMD model. And uh, something interesting here is there's a beautiful matte black uh, metal finish. Or you can get the sort of soft touch Alcatel texture that Microsoft has been using on some of their other devices. Um, but I mean, that's what really... What size are these? These are coming in at 13 and 15 inches. Okay. So again, very similar to the MacBook Pros. This is a flagship sort of computer from Microsoft, clean design, good performance, good specs. And I saw there was some like, weren't they doing some deal where if you pre-ordered or something, you got Surface Buds or I don't know. This, I thought they were doing something like that. Something very Samsung-esque as far as bundling stuff uh, when people order early. Yeah, I mean, these look interesting. I, I thought it was interesting that they had the AMD and Intel options for people. Um, I personally see them as more Mavic, or not Mavic, geez, I'm stuck yes. on that, on more MacBook Air competitors, right, than MacBook Pros. Yeah, I could see that too. I just I thought they were a little bit more powerful because you can get the dedicated graphics. But based on the, on, I was looking more off of uh, pricing wise. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're definitely right. You're so, definitely right. Yeah, that that's exciting. If you're in the, uh, you know, the Microsoft ecosystem, definitely take a look on those. If you need a new computer, what else did we have? We had yeah. Rode. Yeah. This is not a new product per se, but this is a new app for your computer. Though you should really only be excited about it if you own their NTS USB mini microphone. This is this app called Rode Connect, which base is made for podcasters and streamers 100%. So it's made for us. Yeah. We should get it. Do but you have we it? can't use it unless oh. you have this microphone. For now. I, All right. I'm we're hopeful, getting new mics. Yeah. I'm hopeful in the future. Yeah. We need a whole new set of mics now. I'm hopeful in the future. And they're saying they're trying to roll it out to some of their other USB microphones, like maybe the, uh, what is it, the VideoMic NTG? which is uh, micro USB, micro, uh, USB-C, sorry, as well as being an aux cable. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, basically this just lets you route up to four microphones. It uses the fact that these microphones process a lot of the audio and do compression on the microphone itself before sen- sending the signal to the computer. That's how you can do four microphones into a computer. And otherwise, it's free. So if you have 
one of these microphones, uh, check it out. If not, it might be an incentive to get these uh, this microphone because yeah. I'm pretty sure the NT-USB Mini starts at like $999.99. Yeah, $100. So the software basically is a virtual version of the $600 Rodecaster uh, hardware mixer, the Rodecaster Pro. Yeah, it, it's all virtual in output. Uh, a lot of people use... I think it's, uh, I forget what it's called, but like, um, I think it's just called in-out. Um, and it allows you to route audio virtually through your computer. And that's what this does. Uh, it also has a cool color pack that they can sell it with. That's like these little colored, what are they? I think like rubber things you put around the wires and on top of the microphones. And it allows you to match them up with the microphones in the software. So very cool. Check it out if you're into that. Anything else we need to talk about, Setson? This is already uh, this bonus yeah. episode is yeah. so filled. It's well, there's a lot of news. That's All why right. we're doing it. Roku had some new streaming products. Whoa, Roku. Okay. And you're looking at basically three new items here. You have a Roku Voice Remote Pro. This is a remote. Yep. It does have an Apple TV button. This is the big thing I saw that this is the best new Apple TV remote possibly. <laughs> that's a, yeah. I mean, I saw some people giving that hot take. Not made a, by Apple, but still. Best one for it. That's great. We have the Roku Express 4K Plus. Okay. Which is basically a 4K streaming device. And we have the Roku Stream Bar Pro, which bundles a streaming device into a sound bar. I think it's a really clever Why idea. Why is this called Pro? Because I know they had the Stream Bar before, right? Well, this one is better. And so you right. just have to make That's it better cool. by All adding right. a Pro. All right. I was, I was throwing you the trick question. I'm guessing it might be bigger is what it looks like. Um, evolution of the smart stream bar features two in one. It's $180, and I don't really see what else it does different. Yep. But anyways, yeah, it. <laughs> it's going to be available uh, around May or June. So if you need a new Roku streaming device, check those out. Wrapping this up, we had some rumors or yeah. more teases. I feel like I think tease is the best, yeah. the best word for it. So this was, uh, you know, now it was Cannon's turn to, you know, hike up that skirt, show us a little bit. <laughs> Woo! What's what's what are you hiding under that skirt there, Cannon? No, let's all right, let's let's make this a little more gender. Uh, you know, all right, uh, pulling pulling down pulling down the shirt and showing those pectorals. I guess I'm, you know, I'm trying to show yeah. a little yeah. bit. It's not just op objectifying women. We're, you can objectify as men too, <laughs> right? Pulling up, tightening those pants, showing the bulge there. Uh -huh. That's what Canon was doing. And well, they did actually show us a little too much of the bulge for lenses. They announced some lenses that are actually out now. You got a hundred millimeter macro and 400 millimeter and 600 millimeter millimeter super telephoto primes, all for their mirrorless camera. So that's the RF glass. But the T's was a new camera on the horizon, the Canon R3. Now, what? where does this sit? Because you have the Canon R5, right? You have the Canon R6. So going lower does what? Uh, this was actually making it better. Okay. okay, all right. So the R3. That, well, that's pretty on par for Canon, because what's their flagship camera? Isn't it the R? Well, no. Not, no. not for One. It's the 1DX. The 1DX, yeah. Their flagship DSLR camera is the 1DX. So, And then they have the Mark IV, uh, Canon... 5D, right? And then they also have this, the 7D, which is even lower. So, all right. Canon actually, round of applause. Canon is actually having a pretty good naming schema and somehow holding it true. Uh, somehow makes sense. Though the EOS R is the one big. They didn't really think it through when they did they that. They didn't put a number. 
No. So that would mean it's either the lowest or the highest. Yeah, it's numberless. <laughs> it just exists in its own space. So but the R3, yeah, the R3. What are we looking at? It's basically the mirrorless version of the e, the One DX Mark III. That's okay. how I describe All right. it. Okay, it's big, it's beefy, it's chunky. All we have are official images of it yep. and a few select leaked specifications. Uh, the big ones is you can shoot up to thirty frames per second in photo mode. Wow, that's like you can just shoot video. It's bit that's basically a video, but yep. it's like really nice, high quality still images. And this is really cool. You can change the autofocus point with your eye. So as you're looking through the viewfinder, Whoa. the camera can tell where, where you're, you're looking, looking and, and make focus that. in that area. Exactly. That sounds really awesome and really is one of the few features I've heard in a camera that sounds futuristic. Oh, 100%. It's also going to be confusing to marketing because they do have eye autofocus, right? Yeah, that focuses so this is... on people's <laughs> eye. Now, this is eye autofocus that focuses where you where your eye is looking. Yep. So, yep, kind of exactly. confusing, but that would be really cool. I'm guessing this will be more expensive than the R5, though. And the R5 starts at, what, 3800 I think? Something like that. 4000 right. Yeah. This will... So, this will be probably 5000 at least. Yep, yep. Uh, but... That is really exciting to see. And yeah, I mean, Canon, wow. I hope we'll see this by the summer, maybe, like for the Olympics, possibly, right? That's, I this think that's feels what like that's what they're going to release. I 100%. Mean, the Olympics aren't happening with everyone there as far as fans and spectators, but there will still be photographers there. So that will be a great time for these camera companies to showcase how, I mean, 30 frames a second taking photos of action sports and like, you know, a jumper jumping. Or like you know gymnastics, like flips and stuff. Oh, wow! Like that—that that is uh, that's what it's made for. Exactly. Especially imagine if you can do that with autofocus too, every frame. And do, 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 as do. you're looking, and your eye just like naturally follows the movement. Oh my god! That uh, dear. Uh, there Dream. are some, there are some sports photographers out there who like are probably thinking they're living in heaven seeing this camera on the horizon. Yeah. So um, I actually want to yeah. the the one other big thing with this okay. one, the heart of this camera is. Canon's first developed full-frame stacked CMOS sensor with a backside illuminated design. So what's different about this? Uh, I think it's just okay. they're shooting for faster readout speeds for the still image processing, which is how you're getting the 30 frames per second. Yep. And yeah, I think uh, it's one of their developed sensors. So uh, it's not. I don't think it's coming from Sony this time around. I mean, I know they do develop a lot of their own sensors as well, though. They're one of the few companies yeah. out there. Like we were talking about the Panasonic GH6 a lot in our last episode, and Panasonic uses all pretty much Sony sensors in their cameras. Right, right. So, but Canon does make their own sensors. I know I always see news clips like new Canon 100 megapixel sensor, but a lot of them are more focused on like uh, digital imaging for copiers and for health products. But yeah, this is all in house. Uh, this could be a really great camera. Yeah, could uh, could be great keep, for autofocus. Yeah, yeah, we're we're excited. Keep an excited. eye on it, no pun intended. Um, anything else? What do we have? Yeah, we have. We already talked about the iPhone 13. Two rumors, more things. Basically. Two yeah. more things. Jeez, this is. Oculus. By the, by the, before we're done recording this podcast, we're gonna have more rumors. Actually, I did see that Edelchrome just announced some new products. Oh. Yeah, they announced some um, some new stuff. Not major upgrades though, so not worth talking about. But they they keep rolling out. Okay, um, so yeah. I want to bring you back. Yeah. Oculus Quest. Oculus Quest. This is Owned by huge. Facebook. Owned by Facebook. This is the affordable $250 virtual reality headset. They are announcing 120 hertz support for the Quest 2 
or ultra smooth gameplay experience. Previously, it was 90 hertz. Now you're getting up to 120 hertz. And with AirLink and the Infinite Office updates, you can now interact with physical surfaces in augmented reality. So you can have, imagine this, an infinite virtual workspace, right? Where you have a physical keyboard in the real world yeah. sitting on a physical desk, but you're surrounded by monitors just positioned virtually in space. I think this is going to be huh. huge for wow. productivity. Like you no longer need an ultra-wide monitor. You're just surrounded by monitor. You can I don't know, have my, like six monitors. I, I, I think I have to try it out. I haven't tried out VR in a while, like, but my, I feel like, I don't know, that I get claustrophobic. Oh, sure, sure. From I, I think this is this is really exciting, but, though. And yeah. Uh, wow. I love that they're rolling out software updates that are really expanding the capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ways. you can pair it with a real physical keyboard. You can have your desk in virtual reality, and uh, it'll track that. This is a really big update, and I think it's going to take a while to officially roll out. But it's going to be coming pretty soon. If you're in the AR VR space, keep your eyes out on that. Get ready to experience it. And finally, finally, well, this is a good thing to end on. Actually, uh, Spotify, who has been really putting a major focus on podcasts, because I think they realize. I heard a stat that out of every five dollars that comes in, uh, three dollars and seventy-five cents immediately goes out the door to the record label companies. Holy smokes! For right for paying for the rights to the songs, and like that's their profit sharing agreement so they're really looking for ways to you know bring in more money and the one thing they're identifying is a lot of people love listening to podcasts and if they can get some podcasts exclusively on their you know on their area and that you can't you know like what they do with joe rogan they have the michelle obama podcast they have more and more that they're trying to pull exclusively over with huge deals and try to bring listeners just into them then you know, if they can sell ads only on those as well, they can stand to make a lot of money. And they keep rolling out more and more features in order to try to uh, basically entice people to come over from the creator standpoint, but also make it easier for listeners to discover new shows. So that's what kind of I feel like this one is, is a little bit of both. They basically announced they're rolling out uh, new podcast charts and new basically algorithms that will enable people to climb the charts easier, get new episodes uh, that are popular, ranking up there better, and overall make it both better for podcasts to be discovered and also for uh, listeners to discover new podcasts. That's a great summary. The two big ones is there's now a top podcasts chart, okay. which lists the overall top uh, popular shows. Like if someone's looking for a podcast, like, oh, you know, I'm, I like the Vergecast or, oh, I love Pinch they to They don't Zoom. have a tech category. I just, well, I already looked. Ah, well, right? anyway, top podcasts. So you can find the best uh, podcasts that people are listening to. They also have top episodes. And these are the best episodes people are listening to, gravitating towards what's buzzworthy at the moment. And yeah, Gabe, I mean, as you mentioned, this is them trying to, to monetize this opportunity, entice as many podcast creators as possible. We just switched over using Anchor by Spotify. And in a previous event, they announced that you can link it with WordPress to seamlessly create articles and blog posts just with your audio transcriptions. I mean, a lot of really cool stuff yeah. going on there. I would like to say, uh, we usually just say uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts, but go follow us on Spotify if that's where you listen to uh, your podcast and share the podcast using... I love that they have the Instagram stories sharing feature. That is just brilliant. 
Yeah, it's so well done. I don't know why Apple hasn't tried to do some cool integration like that, but I think Spotify really is a, you know, we've heard rumors Apple's trying to work on some paid features or paid podcasting stuff. And I do like the way Apple, you know, obviously it's well integrated with uh, the iPhone, iOS, and Mac operating systems, but Spotify is, you know, you can listen to it on any device. It's not device dependent. It's not operating system dependent. It's everything from Amazon Echoes to uh, TVs even you can listen to it on. So really great compatibility there. And then now they're just making the experience better. And if they can really, what's the big thing we say for podcasting that someone has to tackle? Search. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to, and discoverability. That's the two things. I guess comments would be the third thing. Oh, I would still, love that. Like some way to interact with podcasts a little more, but they're really right now trying to tackle that search and discoverability thing. And I think this is a right step in the, you know, kind of the right direction. We'll I'll have to see where uh, they end up, you know, and, yeah. and, how, and how it turns off. Like if we end up on the charts and we get our podcast blows up, yeah, this is a great thing. 100%. <laughs> I'm not biased at all. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow us on Spotify for 100%. Um, and yeah, you can also or rate us. Also rate us on Apple Podcasts. Apple Currently the only place I still think you can. I can't believe. No, I think you. I think some of like the smaller, more bespoke uh, places like. Right, where it really matters. Like Pod Podbean's <laughs> app used to have a rating feature, I'm pretty sure. And what's, Thank some, you. what's some of the other popular ones? Like Wirecast, isn't that one? Or I don't know. I mean, no one's using them. That's the it's thing. It's kind of crazy, yeah. I, might, I mean, the top three we keep saying, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, what's it? Google Podcasts are the top three, personally. And that's what we see based on. Oh wait, Castro isn't that the other one? Yeah, people I use like Castro. Yeah, Castro. That people like really that good. one. But that's that's. I mean, let me just should I refresh BNH's Explorer thing? <laughs> oh gosh, live to see at the end of the show. We don't want to miss anything. I mean, we're already here. We're recording it anyways. Let's just take one. Do you have anything to talk about, Stetson? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot of cell phone news going on, which is yeah. what I'm big into. Actually, heard, there was big cell I heard phone. Heard Verizon today. was trying to buy. Uh, what was it? Track phone. Yep. Verizon is trying to buy track phone. That Tons seems pretty big. Mixed feelings on that on all sides. I don't like that. I don't like consolidation of the market. I think personally. it's. I think they need it. I think the track phone brand. They just didn't have good customer service and support. Way too many options. Kind of confusing for customers. Uh, like right now, I'm okay with it. Uh, the big news is actually Xfinity Mobile today just launched new family discounts for their unlimited plan, and that's a great option if you have a family and you need. And you have Xfinity service and you want unlimited data, 45 bucks for one line. And that price drops, I think, to around just $30 a line uh, for unlimited data. So that's what's going on in the wireless space. Gabe, right, anything? It, it, looks like, it looks like we've caught up to pretty much anything. Oh, yeah, there, like, oh. there, was, there was new Bose SoundLink uh, oh, Re- Revolve 2 speakers and True 360 uh, speakers. Fujifilm had a new Instax Mini 40. There was Sennheiser mics for mobile cameras, and yeah, that's pretty much it. There's also there's an Outsiders event for if you're a um, landscape photographer going on right now that is actually happening in Kanab, Utah, but it's also virtually online. So if you're into landscape photography or trying to get into it, definitely check that out. There's some great people who are really experienced. I've met some of them, and they're speaking and giving their advice and you know helping you out doing some photo uh, you know reviews and stuff like that. So check that out. But I think we've finally cut up to all the news. There's, there's one more thing. What? And it's next week. We have the 420 Apple event. Oh my gosh, how did I forget this? Yeah, I was like, did he mention it at the beginning? Yeah, we, well, this wasn't in our notes. Yeah, we had Apple finally, finally. Say, say, all right, we will announce when we're gonna announce our next products. <laughs> yeah. um, and that is on 420. So go light it up and watch uh, 
Apple do what they do with a great produced virtual event. Uh, do we know what time it's happening on 420? If I was Apple, it would be at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, that's probably when it will be. Either way, we will have a bonus episode recapping that. You can count your, um, I don't know what on that. You can count your apple fruits yeah. sitting in your fruit bowl. Uh, Stetson will not let a single Apple event go by without a bonus episode. So we will be then uh, talking about that right after it happens. But otherwise, that is it for today. Please, God, just wrap this up. Before <laughs> That's it. Something. Okay. Share this episode with a friend. Follow us at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter, at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. Thank you for listening. We look forward to talking to you in the next one. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. Gabe, thank you for that. April showers bring... Tech. It's not raining rain. No. It's, it's raining, raining tech. microprocessors. No, they're actually back. Oh, those are backordered. Sky yeah. is congested. All right, you ready to go? Yeah. And stop. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> you just stop. Raise them about to speak. Oh.